The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Unbelievable. Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Hey, good evening, everybody. It is the fellas here dropping by from at Notebook Wagering. We're going to drop a little big-time knowledge on you on our podcast tonight. We have a great guest coming on here in a minute. Uh, I'm going to do a little roundtable here quick, see what Smitty and J-Cam are up to. We just wrapped up the Masters. We're going right into the NBA playoffs, and now we have MLB kicking off. We got through the first weekend. Little uh, trends going out there, some rookies to keep an eye on. What's going on, J-Cam? Not much. Um, uh, I just got back from my search for Dustin Johnson. I don't know where he went on Sunday. Uh, I thought he might be alive. I had him uh, to win in top seven, and he kind of disappeared. Kept waiting for that little Johnson to pop up on the little mini leaderboard in the right-hand corner. Didn't happen. Um, you know, it was a good Masters because Masters is always good. Kind of a little boring. You no, know? Scheffler kind of had it put away. Uh, saw a lot of pros commenting that if you're going to four-putt on 18, you might as well six-putt on 18 if you can because you can really rub it in at that point. But uh, Always entertaining. Got started here with the uh, baseball. And for me, not a big NBA guy. It's officially the start of the season uh, tonight with the playoffs starting. What do you got, Smitty? Good evening, boys. Great to be back. No Masters. Man, it played out nice. Had Lowry top five and Corey Connors best bet of the weekend in a top 10. So that paid off pretty well for me. So overall it was exciting. Scheffler kind of ran away with it a little bit, but um, what can you do? I'm sweating the pirates. I hope we can get, we're down to our last out here. It's not looking good, but I'm excited. Let's dive into some great sports talk. We have another great guest tonight. Yeah. And without further ado, we'll jump into it. This guy, super legit. We, there's this phrase, jack of all trades, master of none. This guy is actually the master of many. So without further ado, we're going to bring on on Twitter at not the Will Hill. And it's Will Hill. He's host of the New York City cast with at Bet Rivers. He's a VSIN contributor and he's also a contributor for Point Spread Weekly. Will, what's going on, man? What's up, boys? I think I was on with you guys late February, early March, and every day I wake up, I check my phone. I keep waiting for the invite, so uh, it's about damn time. Thank you guys for having me back, and uh, you guys were talking masters. I think they give us a little bit of a gift. That's why, you know, live betting is so important. You woke up on Saturday. Scheffler had, I think it was a five-stroke lead. He was still plus 105 in some places, which, you know, sometimes what's, you know, boring, what's not exciting is sometimes just the best bet, and that was one that yeah, you look back and boy, Scheffler, who's the best player in the world right now, five stroke lead. You get him, you know, even money, slightly plus money. That was a, a good way to go to recoup some of, you know, some of us. Like I had Burns pre tournament, some of us that took some of the longer shots. That was a way to get some of your money back. Totally agree. Uh, Corey Connors was also one of my plays, Smitty. I had him in a round robin top seven, which paid off nicely for me. I grabbed it real early though, so that was good. I missed on so many others. J Cam, I missed on DJ as well. So to me, I actually thoroughly enjoyed the tournament. I thought Scheffler running away was kind of fun those first three days as he seemed to just outpace everybody through that weather. He handled it the best. And I think that was a great showing for him. 
I'll tell you what, can I, I just want to add into this. If you heard the story about him on Sunday, how he was like crying to his wife and didn't think he was good enough, man. I mean, could you just like, I visualized this guys as him, like in the fetal position in a corner and his wife's talking him down. I would have bet whatever on like Smith or anybody. I mean, just him to come up there because that to me, that was a remarkable story about him. Like, thinking that he could not handle the situation because the guy's been dominant lately. Well, what's your ready for the big time, like the teaser King. So that's the, that's what the thing was there. So. <laughs> well, give us a little teaser. What's your take on Rory going forward? I mean, is it, it's, is it just fool's gold that he does that to us every time in the masters or do you actually see some possible plays for him in the future? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, he, you know, he, it was a tease on Sunday. He got you excited where he, he just kind of got in the mix. He kind of, you know, got in the red zone to use a football expression. But, uh, you know, there's just, there's so many talented players on the tour now that he's, you know, you don't want to say an afterthought, but, uh, you know, he's not a guy I like to back. I know there's some people that look at him and they're just kind of the, the golfer they can't quit where every week they got, they got you know, bets on, on Rory every single week. So, I don't know. I mean, I just think there's a lot of talented players out there. He's not a guy I really trust with my money, uh, so to speak. And, you know, Scheffler, you just, you can't say enough about him. I mean, he's just been incredible. It's been out of nowhere, really. I mean, 25 years old, it, it just, it, it's, you know, Tiger, like the way he's just been dominant the past, you know, month, month and a half. Yeah. I was thinking about this today is, do you think there's any chance he does not win like golfer of the year? Is there any scenario you think where he doesn't? It'd be hard to imagine at this point, right? I'd agree. I, I mean, unless somebody comes in and sneaks out two majors, maybe. But I mean, there's always a chance. But I mean, you'd have to make that a, a real long shot at this point. He's just been uh, I don't know if you're going to put odds on it. I would say, you know, four figure favorite minus one thousand, something like that. He's a monster favorite. I would think at this point. Awesome. All right, let's jump into a little NBA. We know you uh, really hit the NBA good on your New York City cast. And Smitty wanted to start out with a little question before we jump into the playoffs. So go ahead, Smitty. Yeah, well, I just wanted to ask, you know, I'm a Boston Celtics fan. So one team that did not make the playoffs was the Los Angeles Lakers. In your opinion, who's to blame with this train wreck of a season? Boy, I I think it starts with ownership. A lot of these you know, franchise, it's, it's the, you know, the rich white person we don't really see very much is the person. It's the most important person is the owner and, you know, not re-signing Caruso and hiring competent people. You know, Polinka, I think is incompetent. Vogel, Vogel, I wouldn't blame as much, but uh, incompetent people tend to hire other incompetent people, whether it's, you know, they can't see their flaws, whether it's, you don't want to hire somebody who's, you know, really good at their job because it threatens you. I think Jeannie Buss letting Caruso go, allowing the Westbrook deal to go through. I mean, look at what they gave up for Westbrook. I mean, you know, Kuzma and KCP and Harrell, uh, it's, those are all useful players and, you know, letting Caruso go for money. I think they overvalued THT. I mean, you had LeBron, you had, you know, Davis in his prime, LeBron post prime, you won a championship. You really had a chance to win one, maybe two more. And it's really just kind of gone up in a, a cloud of smoke. I would blame the owner at this point. They will. And now we're going to we're, we're going to throw you a little curveball here. I don't know if you saw on the feed, but we had uh, somebody jump, jump oh. in. They want to they want to chime in a little bit with you. Go What's ahead, going Carl. on, Let's man? Do it. 
What's going on, guys? Hey, look, I just want Will to know I was specifically sent here by Michael Lombardi oh, boy. to see what to see what shirt he was wearing today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, big guy? I'm going up. I'm good, man. It's good to finally, you know, be face to face with you. I watch you all the time. I'm sure you hear me plenty of times. So it's finally good to uh, to meet up and uh, to compare notes here. I do. And look, I just wanted to stop in and say, you know, after that ball busting week that he's been on to you, oh. I mean, see, he's been yeah, he's been on to you for like a week. Uh, you you know, when the Godfather picks on you, you know he loves you. Uh, you know, that's just that's that's the way he is. And uh, look, I wanted to stop in and, and tell these guys, you know, that uh, uh, and you also, you know, it's uh, it's much appreciated for a guy like you. I mean, I listen to your stuff all the time. And what people don't realize is that, you know, what you guys do, you know, I, I, I think of you, uh, Josh Applebaum, uh, you know, of course, Lombardi's been doing it forever. What you guys do is extremely difficult. Uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen my setup on Saturday mornings. I mean, I got like a little 10 minute bit and I got shit plastered all over the walls, you know, little cheat sheets on my on my hand and and pages and I mean you guys are so good with the the fluidity or fluidity of all the sports uh, it's amazing and people just don't realize how hard it is what you guys do and uh, you, you know it's just so good of you to take the time to to help some guys like us that are trying to learn what you guys do you know I'm in a whole different world and I uh, just wanted to stop in you know I know you had a uh, a, a week of listening to all that stuff, you know, Lombardi busting your balls, and I wanted to give you a, a, some props. You know, we we love you, brother. You, you uh, I listen to your stuff, and it's fantastic. What's for dinner tonight? That's that's what everyone's wondering. What are you cooking up? What's for dinner? What are the sides? What's the main entree? What do you got going on over there? You know, I, as soon as I got home, you know, look, uh, uh, we live a simple life basically. And my first thing my wife says is that. Uh, you know what? I'd like a personal pan pizza. So it looks like I'm going to Pizza Hut tonight. I'm getting off on this on the cheap. Uh, and yeah, she's she's gonna eat pizza, and I'll probably be. You know, I look. I told them guys the other day when I when I told them I wanted to kind of sneak in and say hi to you. You know, those damn wings that you posted, I still. Oh are yeah. Still in my oh yeah. They don't mess around. Those are they, they were voted number two in America. Jay Timothy's, you know, uh, they fry them, they sauce them, they fry them again, and they sauce them again. They call them dirt wings. It's uh, it's a tradition over there. It's uh, it, boy, they are they are as good as they look. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, look, I just wanted to stop in, guys, say hello. Uh, Smitty, uh, Smitty called me the other day. Uh, I enjoyed that conversation. You guys, look, y'all have a good show, and uh, I'll be listening. All right, Thanks, my man. Carl. Great seeing you, Carl, Carl man. Soon. Nice talking to you the other day. Okay, take care, baby. Will, that guy is the greatest. What a legend. Look at that chair. Oh. What a chair that is. Well, how much do you think that chair goes for? I got to get one of those chairs. <laughs> he, you know what? I bet he has another one somewhere in that house. You should actually reach out to him. That's like the king's throne right there. That looks like a, oh, yeah. a good deal right there. You know what I? You know what I visualized him going to Pizza Hut and then playing like an arcade game in the back, like <laughs> oh, yeah. or something like that. So not, not to get off the rails, but did you see him a few weeks ago post on Twitter about how he was challenging anybody to a, a golf game from like 2018? Hey, I'm gonna fire up my old Xbox. Yeah, anybody, and then he got worked by a 12 year old. <laughs> he said. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I could, I, I saw that tweet. I think I have his notifications on. I saw his tweet and I could hear his tweet in his voice where he's like, y'all kick my ass. I guess I learned that. <laughs> it was, uh, it's just, it's so good. Yeah. That guy, it, it, we love that guy. We reach out to him all the time. He's just a normal Joe to actually talk to as well. I mean, you can talk to him about sports all day, but you can talk to that guy about anything. Yeah, no doubt. He's uh, and he eats good, man. That guy lives the life. I mean, steaks and wings and boy, every day. I mean, he's uh, he's living the life. I'm going to Atlantic City in a month, so I think I'm going to stop by the Borgata and see if I can talk to Lombardi a little bit, rub a little elbows. Yeah, might as well, man. Might as well. Yeah. I think Lombardi's trying to get down there to do a show with him to uh, to do it face to face with him. I'm sure those two are those two seem like they're good pals. So, yeah. All right, let's jump into a little NBA. We'll get back on the rails here. So we have the NBA playing games tonight. We got two kicking off. We have uh, the first one's probably the more favorite game for everybody to bet and watch. It's Cleveland playing the Brooklyn Nets, of course. Uh, Nets are back up to minus nine and a half. And we have an over under a 226 and a half. And then the late game, we have uh, the Clippers playing Minnesota. Uh, T-Wolves are minus three where I grabbed it quick. And over under a 231. Will, why don't you give us a little breakdown on these? Well, by the time people listen to this, Nets Cavs will be in the books. So you guys are going to make me look bad if I give out a bad pick. I think it's too many points. I mean, I follow the Nets pretty closely just with the city cast. Uh, you know, last week against the Knicks, they're down 21 late in the third quarter. They struggled the other night against the Pacers. Now, I get Milwaukee ducking them. You don't really want to play Durant, all things being equal, but they struggle on defense. You know, they play. Three small guards with Kyrie and Curry, you know, Drogic, Mills, that kind of combination. They play three of those guys at the same time, and they just try to outscore you, which, hell, they can do with Durant and shooting. They can outscore you, but they are bad defensively. They are small. I would not be laying nine and a half. It's never easy with them, so uh, I would lean towards the Cavs there. I just think it's too many points. I tend to agree, however uh Cleveland without Jared Allen is a whole different monster yeah I mean I was looking at some Evan Mobley props tonight and his over rebounds was 10 and I'm like man that's a tall order but then again they really have nobody else actually rebound the ball so it could be a solid play to go Mobley over on boards that might have been their only recipe to have Allen and just bang them on the boards and get second chance opportunities Nets are not a great defensive rebounding team because of the lack of size but uh, without Allen, this team, it, it feels like a Cavs team that just overachieved. It's like, you know, the Knicks team last year where they somehow won 40-something games in a 72-game season, got a four seed, really weren't that good. That's kind of how the Cavs feel. Cavs feel like they overachieved this year. Uh, I would expect the Nets to win this game. I'd be shocked, really, if the Nets lost this game. But, again, not, not laying nine and a half with that team is asking a lot. Uh, one thing to consider with live wagering, I don't know when people listen to this, but with these playing games, you got to consider it. Um, say the Cavs are down 12 in the, you know, the fourth quarter or down 15 in the third, they get another game. This isn't winning. You're in lose and go home. You get another chance here. So if you're down 12 late, you can say, you know what, I'm going to take my guys out. I'm going to get ready for here for the game here in, in a couple of days where, uh, I get two chances to win one game of, if I'm in the seven, eight. So I don't need to go crazy. I don't need to run my guys in the ground. I got another game in my pocket. So keep that in mind. If you're live wager in these games. Awesome. And then, and then how about on the later game, Clippers, Minnesota, the minus threes line. I heard a good stat tonight. Carl Anthony Towns, I believe in his last four games against the Clippers has been held under 25 points. He is their big gun, but they also have uh, Anthony Edwards who has been playing great. 
But do you trust this uh, veteran Clippers squad to maybe pull the upset outright here on the money line? I do. I like them plus the points. I know it went to three and a half. I don't know if you can get fours, but lose a hell of a coach. He really does more with less. Uh, they haven't had George most of the year. They haven't had Kawhi all the year. I think you get George back. You get Norman Powell back, who's kind of an underrated player. You can put a lot of shooting out there. Now, if you go small and say, you know what, we'll live with Towns killing us. Um, you know, we'll deal with him get, playing two for three. On one end, we're just going to go small. We're going to go with shooting. I could see the Clippers doing that. To me, this is a toss-up game. Gun to my head, I would say the Timberwolves win, but I love Lou as a coach. I think it's pretty much an even game. If you're giving me three and a half, especially four points, I would lean towards taking the four here with the Clippers. Not a big play, but uh, definitely a lean and a small play on the Clippers plus the points. I have, I have one more question before uh, I let these two fire off. This is kind of more of a bigger ballpark question. So this is a huge playoff season for a couple people. I'm going to throw three guys out there. Who do you think has the most at stake? First, Daryl Morey, GM of the Sixers. Second, James Harden of the Sixers. Or third, and this is my choice, Chris Paul. I think this is his best shot Ooh. to get a title. And if he doesn't, I'm not sure what he does going forward. So I'll get your take on these three. Ooh, that's a great question. Maury, Harden, or Paul? Boy, that's a great question. I'll go with Harden just because how many of these more – how many more flops can he take? I mean, at this point, you got Harden. You got to go where you wanted to go. You, you cried your way out of one place. You cried your way out of a second place. Now you're where you want to be. You're with Embiid, you know, a great player. You're with your boy Maury. It's all there for you. It's a pretty, you know, winnable Eastern Conference to at least get a, to a conference finals, you would think. Uh, to me, it's Harden. You know, he's had a lot of these four for 17s in the playoffs. To me, it's Harden. Uh, I, I, you know what? I, I, you could make a good case for Paul. That's a good, you know, a good job by you. It's a great question. I will go Harden. Awesome. Uh, the, one of the other reasons I also pose that I'm a huge Sixers fan. And How about Doc? Throw, I thought you were going to go throw Doc in there. Doc, Doc has a well, lot of questions to answer, too. Doc was arrogant. Did you guys hear him the other night? He was so arrogant. You know, let me say this slow for you. I've been around a long time. Doc, li listen, buddy, you haven't won eight championships. You won one championship with three great players, you know, 15 years ago. Let's relax a little bit like you invented basketball. You're not James Naismith. I would have put Doc as basically 3B in with these guys, but I want to load up with four guys. So your point is right on. So I know Smitty, J.K.M. and I have talked off camera, text message, everything. Do you think the Sixers are going to lose this series? And here's one key factor that I heard. Uh, Thibel cannot play in Canada. He's not vaccinated. So they lose their best defender every game they go to Canada to play the Raptors. I didn't know that until I, I think it was yesterday. And it makes me question, can the Sixers actually get upset here first round? Yeah, it's weird. I hate talking about vaccines, but it's funny. You know, he had one shot and then he didn't want the second shot because he said he wanted to be immunized. He grew up in a house. He gave a weird answer. Very strange. If you're going to get one shot, why not get the second shot? But again, I hate talking about it. I hate listening to it. Um, I think they'll get home. I, I know the Raptors have become a trendy pick. You know, they played last. I think it was Thursday. It was opening day of baseball where it was like the Raptors do present some, you know, some some issues for Philly. They run a lot. They got a lot of six, seven, six, eight, nine athletic wings that they can throw at Harden, which is an issue. Nurse for Doc, Nurse versus Doc is a big, you know, feather in Toronto's cap, and they've done well against Embiid. I'm sure as a Sixers fan, you know, Nurse has done a good job versus Embiid. 
you know, knowing when to double, knowing when to swipe at the ball, that kind of thing. That being said, this is not a great Toronto team. This is not, you know, the 98 Bulls. They don't shoot very well. Um, you know, if you're Embiid, you're the best player in this series. You've been complaining that you should be the MVP. If you're Embiid, put this team on your back and get this team to the second round. This is not a great Raptors team. This is a good Raptors team, not a great one. I think Philly should win the series. I do think they win it. Probably a longer series, six, seven games. You know, Thibel, it's an issue. But again, he's a one-way player. He can defend his ass off, but he can't really shoot. Uh, I do think Philly gets home in the series. One quick sneaky stat. Sneaky stat. Uh, Toronto has five guys who average over 15 points. Yeah, so, it's a good team. Yeah. So they can, they're, a good, think, they're a good organization. It's a good team. They're athletic. But again, you're in B, and, and Bede's the best player in this series. Harden should be the second best player in this series. Look, I don't know if you're going to give this guy $250 million. It'd be crazy to do it. I think they're, they, they have no choice. Maybe they do have a choice, but Philly's got to win this series. Smitty, J. Cam, what else do you guys, guys have for uh, the NBA here? Anything? You stole my question there with the, oh. I was going to say, do the Raptors have a shot because the Sixers didn't get their shots? I had a nice little lead. Nice. In, it's all gone now. But uh, so is Milwaukee basically, they're going against the Bulls. Everyone has written off the Bulls. Do they have any chance in that series? I mean, they've had a nice season. It's kind of like the Cavs where you didn't see them coming. I mean, you know, they, they did some things in the offseason. People weren't really sure how it was going to work out. It really worked out well for them, but it seems like the injuries have kind of sapped them late. And it doesn't really seem like they have much to fight here. Is this just a kind of a, Five-game series from Milwaukee. That's what I've heard yes. a lot. Yes. Four or five games. Uh, some of these books opened a bad line. They opened Milwaukee minus two and a half games, even money. Terrible line. It got bet up to, I think it's minus 200 now. Uh, I'm not big into laying minus 900, but hey, you know, it, it was minus 700 when it opened. It's gotten bet up. If some of these books, if you have a book that lets you parlay these series, just throw Milwaukee in your money line parlay. Milwaukee's not losing the series, barring, you know, some catastrophic injury to Giannis. I can't see Milwaukee uh, not winning this series. Well, I, I'm going to piggyback off a thought on follow the money yesterday that I was listening to in the morning. Are you a big fan of these, these games like tonight and tomorrow? Because for Paulie was kind of going after, like, for example, Minnesota, they're 12 games better than the Spurs. Um, Clippers are like eight games better than the Spurs. Uh, you know, again, Minnesota's 10 games better than the Pelicans. Are you a big fan of these or should these teams just like how it used to be and just get in the playoffs and go from there? Uh, you know, on one hand, it's more games to bet. It's more games to watch. It's more revenue for the league. We're seeing all these teams do it, but I'm with you. Uh, you know, the Timberwolves should not be in a position where they have to re, you know, establish their superiority. We have 82 games here. The, the Timberwolves are better than, you know, the Spurs. The Clippers are better than these teams. The Timberwolves and Clippers have been to seven and eight since January. I, I totally agree with that point. We don't need these extra games. The better teams are the better teams. We play 82 games for a reason. Uh, you know, the better team should be in. Is there, what would be to, for our listeners, who's the team that you think could be, could pull the upset who's who's the dog in a series if you're looking at you know the brackets I mean I know these playing games are going to come in but like the ones that are set right now who's somebody that you would think hey jump on them in the playoff series and they're going to pull the upset I mean would you be able to count the Nets versus the Celtics if it's the 7-2 it will, by the seating it's a big upset by the odds I don't think it'll be a very big upset I think the Celtics will be a slight favorite so 
I guess that would be the answer. Um, if Curry's not going to be a factor, Denver will beat Golden State. He's questionable for game one. That'll be a close series even with Curry. If you don't have Curry, Denver's going to beat them. Jokic is a great player. You know, Golden State's a bunch of spare pieces. Clay's still working his way back. He looks like Clay one night. He looks terrible the next night. Uh, Draymond, same thing. It's a bunch of young guys. To me, that's another one. Denver could definitely beat Golden State. So I'll, I'll jump in and kind of piggyback off that. So with the questions on Luka right now, do you think yeah. you think the Mavs are going to go to plus money here and Utah is going to be the favorite now in this series? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. He got an MRI yesterday, but Dallas is not – does not have to reveal the, the results of the MRI, which, look, the NBA is partners with these betting leagues. Uh, you know, they're going to have to release the results at some point. If we're betting on this stuff – and you have the access to the results, it's not really fair that you're holding on to the access. That's where it gets tricky where these leagues get, you know, partner up with these uh, these betting companies. Uh, I have a hard time seeing Luke, Luca playing early in the series. A calf strain is tricky. I, it looked bad. I mean, he was limping off. I don't know if you guys saw it. I don't think he'll play in game one or game two. Maybe by game three or game four, he can limp on there. Uh, I think the Jazz absolutely win the series. I think the Mavs will be plus money, yeah. I think that's a shame because I think the the Matt or yeah, the Mavs were had a good chance to possibly make a little noise with Luca. Yeah. Health. They were they were actually playing really well there down the stretch. So it's lining up well for the Suns. The Suns, I mean, I feel like everyone's overlooking them. They're a little boring. But look, they're what what 66 wins. They're 31 and 13 against teams over 500. Uh, you know, like I mentioned, Golden State has issues. Jokic doesn't have enough of a team to threaten them. I don't think Memphis is quite ready. It's uh, it's really lined up here for the Suns. The Suns are in good shape. My dog, I think, agrees with me. Um, I think the Suns are in really good shape here. I think the Suns, you can still get them around even money to win the West. I have a hard time seeing them not be in the finals here in a couple of months. Agreed. Well, do you have a little time to shoot some baseball with us? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's jump into some baseball, boys, because I know Jay, Cam, and Smitty are bigger baseball fans. So, Will, my first question for you is, Please tell me you're not a Mets fan. I'm not a Mets fan. I'm a Thank Yankee God. fan, but they've annoyed me the way, you know, <laughs> the team's worth $6 billion. They don't spend money anymore. They've become kind of cheap here. Um, it, it really annoys me. So I've, I've rooted for the Mets a little bit. I made some bets on Mets futures, Mets over, but uh, I am not a Mets fan. The only reason I ask is because I'm a huge Phillies fan. And in my sports rivalry, the Mets are actually my second most hated team of all time. And I really like you, and I really didn't want that black flag out there. So <laughs> you, got some, you got some skin back last night. that You stole that one, man. That was 4-1 in the eighth. Two so, outs, man, on first, and you win the game. That was a, that had to be pretty sweet. A funny story about last night. We'll go a little personal here. Smitty and I were texting on our string, and he's like, oh, man, this first five under is dead because it was 3 wow. nothing first. Lo and behold – Top of the first two. Yeah, he hits his under, and I, of course, had the game over at nine. And then he goes, okay, now they can score. And they get to the seventh, nothing. I was like, all of a sudden, I get to the eighth, and it's 4-4. And I was like, well, at least I get a push tonight. So That's a hell of a push. Sometimes a push feels like a win. Sometimes a push feels like a loss. Uh, that's one that's got to feel like a win for you. Absolutely. And I, I went right back. Matty, I went right back to it tonight. First five under. I laid off. I'm hot. Doing it again, and it's I think in the second zero zero right now. And I was talking to Will last night too um, on Twitter. We were DMing each other because I had the Yankees last night, and I know Maddie, you went Toronto. We were opposite on that game. I was a little. I was watching the game 
a little disappointed there with the Yankees. And guess what? I went right back to the Yankees tonight. So hopefully they can score some runs tonight, uh, Will. Boy, that was a tough one last night. Four hits. I think they were all singles and only two hits going into the ninth. And then, you know, the first hit in the ninth got a race right away by a double play. Yeah, Manoa is a good pitcher. Uh, it's, it's a good Yankee lineup. They're a little weak at the bottom with Hicks. And, you know, the catcher doesn't really hit. Higashioka, the new shortstop, doesn't really hit. And kind of Falefa. They're a little right-handed dominant. You know, they're a little prone to good right-handed pitching. But uh, is there any score in that game tonight right now? It is 0-0. Zero, zero. I just put it on in the bottom of the first. Yankees have a guy on second base. Okay. Jay Cam, what do you have for Will for baseball? No, I got to say four hits for the Pirates is a good night. So, uh... <laughs> hey, come on now. <laughs> no, I mean, it looks like the Padres are kind of the first team that's kind of coming out of the gate and actually looking pretty good. Everybody else is kind of seems like they're going back and forth, exchanging losses and wins. I mean, the pitching's there like they thought it was last year before it faded. I mean, are they kind of a sneaky value team at this point? They're in a really tough division. Obviously, the Dodgers are just going to be the Goliath in the NL, probably. Um, but can the Padres make a run at them? I think they could. It, it's interesting. It depends what you're asking because maybe for the division, maybe yes, maybe not. Remember, for futures now, you got to go through another round of playoffs. Unless you're a top two seed, there's this extra round now where if you want to win a championship, you got to remember this for futures. You got to basically win four rounds. You know, there's this extra round, then a division round, you know, uh, championship series, then the World Series. So that adds an extra layer to it. So if you're going to bet, hey, is this team going to win it all? Maybe just go round by round. But, you know, the Padres are good. We see this in sports a lot where a team has high expectations. They fall on their face and then they kind of rebound and do it the next year. Now, uh, they need to get Tatis back. Uh, You know, he's out there on motorcycles like he's evil Knievel. They need to get him back on the field. But it's a hell of a team. Hey, well, real quick, I just want to ask, you know, we got so many of these states that are opening up and doing this. I, I have a lot of friends that are starting to now get into sports gambling a little bit. Just with Major League Baseball, can you just, I mean, you don't have to dive in crazy here, but what do you kind of look at? What's your favorite baseball bet? Is it over-unders? Is it first five-unders? Is it first, you know, a lot of people love the, uh, will there be a score in the first inning, yes or no? What's, what's your overall uh, go-to in Major League for, for years, it's been first five-unders with two good pitchers in National League games because you got the, the no DH, you got the pitcher's hat, usually two times each. Now with the DH, it's a little trickier, but still it is first five-unders with two good pitchers. You avoid, you know, the bullpens, which can be very volatile. You avoid the extra innings. Look, if you're betting an under, you're never safe with these extra inning rules. Man starts on second base. You can get six, seven, eight runs just in extra innings alone with this craziness. You know, one team scores one, the other team scores one. Game keeps going. Somebody else implodes. So I would say if you're betting unders for first five unders, that's my favorite bet. Will, I'm a big futures guy, so I'm going to throw something out, out for you. This Stephen Kwan for the new Cleveland oh, Guardians. I, I think today he actually started out with a walk and then another single, and I haven't checked the box score since. I think, believe he's hitting 716. He's been on base 15 times his first four games, and he actually has not swung and missed a pitch yet. Wow. So they're going back to, like, I mean, early 1900s. Uh, I've, they dropped the name, and it was actually a – popular name from back in the day of who he's comparable to i put a ticket on him at plus 600 to win al rookie of the year i mean if this kid's going to come out like this i think he's already going to catch the eye of the media 
and garner ballots already. As long as he can just kind of maintain a productive year, I think that might be a good good play. Yeah, I like the pitcher going today for the Mariners, Brash. I think I got him 40 to 1. I'm already starting to eye some of my competitors. And you kind of have to pace your brain. Like, boy, it's it's early. Don't worry about this guy, Quan. Uh, the National League, I have Abrams. I'm already starting to worry about Suzuki, who has a couple homers for the Cubs. But again, I think it doesn't matter how long you've been watching baseball. You have to kind of retrain your brain and say, you know what? Three, four games in, relax. It is a very, very long year, but uh, I'm with you. This kid, six to one on this kid, is uh, it's definitely worth a shot. He's been impressive. He's been a lot of fun. Feels like you get these in April sometimes where I forget the guy on the Tigers maybe 10, 15 years ago with like 20 home runs in April and you know was in the minors by the end of the year. You get some of these weird stories in April sometimes. Uh, you get them in April, you get them in September, but it's uh, it's a long season. But that's uh, that's that's certainly an interesting bet. And we, I have breaking news: Stephen Kwan has swung and missed today. Wow! <laughs> yes, he, wow! He, he did have one, so he is human, and uh, it's all downhill from here. And for our listeners, since you can't see, I think I think Will's actually pacing because he's nervous about this Mariners game, and he's going to get even more nervous now. Did they tie it? I went upstairs to my dog's parking. Did they tie it? They did not tie, but they scored, and they're still threatening. I think I think we got a pitching change, but I could be wrong. Wow, they took Hendricks out. I saw Hendricks was in, right? I, I I'm waiting for this to update. Hanniger's up. I think no, Hendricks is still pitching. Wow, what what men do they have on base? What position? What bases? Uh, they have two on, I believe, on base. Gonna... First and second. Uh, Moore's on second. Winker's on first. Hanniger at the plate. How many out? Two outs. Ooh, I, I would have preferred you to say one, but <laughs> I can't. I, 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 I don't have that kind of pull yet. Right. So do you have any plays uh, for a future ticket in baseball that you want to drop for our fans? Maybe somebody can piggyback off of. No, I think the better ones were some of the win losses. Some of these teams are going to be really bad. Baltimore, I think Washington. Uh, the A's have actually played okay, but I think they're going to sell off their team. So I think those are some of the better bets. Uh, again, with the extra round of playoffs, I think you're better off just waiting and going round by round. There was a rumor today, actually, the A's have traded uh, Frankie Montas to the White Sox, I believe. Yeah. I, I, I haven't seen a confirmation, but it makes sense because Giolito has already hit the DL for the White Sox, and they just put a hitter on the DL as well. So that's a team out of the gate that might, if people are con- – still bet some futures maybe look white Sox under because that was a pretty decent number on them yeah it's just it's they're so much better than those teams in that division the guardians and the royals you know the tigers are better but they're not quite there yet the twins same thing better but not quite there yet not a lot of pitching so you know even if they win 90 games that's still probably plenty to win that division do you have anything else for will no just great info again we appreciate his time i know he's uh checking out a game but we love having him on so will again thank you so much and anytime you want to come on man i mean i'm in contact with you a lot keep doing your thing i love your podcast it's great info it's a good uh watch the ball game and put it on and listen to you i appreciate the kind words anytime you guys need me just let me know just hit me up i'm happy to come on you guys do a great job so i appreciate it yeah, well, I love it too. Thanks for the podcast because I've been working 21 days straight. That's a little morning morning uh, hit for me with my cup of coffee. Again, everybody check out. It's at not the Will Hill. He's the host of the New York City cast with that Bet Rivers. 
VSEN contributor, and he's uh, also a contributor with Point Spread Weekly. Thanks again, Will, man. If you want to do a quick shout out or anything, let me know if you've got anything working. Yeah, vsen.com slash podcast. Check out the podcast. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Will. We'll be in touch, buddy. See ya. Thanks, Will. So, Maddie, I jumped on. The Teaser King came out tonight. Just uh, throw it out there for for you guys. The Teaser King came out. I, I went, I jumped on. Let me, let me pull it up here really quick here. I jumped on Cleveland. Let me see what I got it at here. Guardians? No, no, basketball. I'm going NBA tonight. The NBA teaser king came out tonight. I should have brought my crown down. Carl would have got a good laugh if I would have thrown that on. Uh, Let's just throw this out. I did Cleveland plus 14 and a half and the Clippers plus eight tonight. Teaser. Okay, you're – it's 40-20 right now, Brooklyn, so. 40-20, but hey, Jason, just remember (laughs) – the NBA, my friend, everybody makes a run. No, everybody absolutely will, but... a run. Relax. Oh, <laughs> will made a great point, though, with both of these games about how the fourth quarter will be really interesting for both, uh, especially with teams that are a little older, like Brooklyn and the Clippers, where if they're out of a game, which it doesn't appear Brooklyn will be, but Clippers could be, do they just rest their guys and make a run because they get another chance to win tomorrow night? So that was an excellent point there and something I'll be keeping an eye on. Um, yeah, you know, and the question I asked them, it was great on Follow the Money. And it's been great. I'm on spring break, so I can really just kind of relax and listen to those guys go at it. And that's a great show. But it is like Minnesota, like I said, man, up 12 games. They're over 10 games on the Pelicans. Man, they're it's a regular season for a reason. I'm not a big fan of these games. I'm really not. I I, I kind of liked his answer. I'm just not really into these. How, you know, I understand you lose and you have another chance and you can win and everything, but you know, and it's just, man, they blasted the Portland Trailblazers, how they collapsed and trying to get, you know, I think the East is going to be interesting because, you know, you got Miami at number one, you got the Celtics. That's my team. Again, I'm not the biggest NBA guy. I mean, I'll be honest. I like the Celtics. I like some of their players, but if they do get the Nets, I think that's going to be a unbelievable uh, series that, uh, you know, a two, seven game. Many, come on, you know, better. You, this ties perfectly into your 1980s, Love of wrestling. It's all about the money with Ted DiBiase. <laughs> hey, it, hey, it is. I mean, listen, I think I just think it's going to be the East is so good because breaking down like the Sixers to Toronto and like you brought up, Matt, you know, one of their better defenders not being able to play. And that, you know, if Toronto wins, how many other guys in this league? will not be able to play when they go up to Toronto that I think that's a really key thing. And then the Dallas news, you know, with their star player being out, there's the Suns. the Suns are so tough in the, in the West, I think. Yeah. So I think it's a good comparison here where you're talking about the play-in, which is interesting. If you look at the West, you kind of see the argument against the play-in games, because like you mentioned, uh, the Pelicans are 10 games under 500. The Spurs are 14 games under 500. Really, neither team's playoff worthy if you look at the records. Now, granted, the Pelicans played a lot better after the McCollum trade, but still. Uh, and then you look at the East, and you've got four teams that are all separated by one game. You know, 244 win teams, 243 win teams. And uh, I think that that Hornets uh, Hawks game is actually going to be really entertaining. I think you're going to see a fun game there. I wish that was a series because I think that would be, because I think a lot of these are going to be pretty boring uh, in the first round at least. Uh, with regard to the uh, vaccinations, I think Milwaukee and Miami have said they're good. 
that they they will no one will sit out if they have to go play in Toronto. But I think Philly and Boston are the ones where there's question marks. I think the Celtics were just up there and had two guys. I can't remember who it was not play. They had a kind of a funky description on the injury report. So it'll look like the Toronto series would affect those two teams, but it doesn't feel like it'll affect the Heat or the uh, Bucks. I'm going to look at that right now while we uh, check some stuff out, who it might be for the Celts, because that's a that's a really good tidbit. Yeah, it's interesting. I like that Suns future. I'm probably going to grab that actually after the podcast, because if you look at this right now, there's a chance they have a first round series against a team that's 10 games under 500 or worse. Just a chance. And it, won't, it may not happen, but it could. Then they're going to get probably Utah in the second round, who no one's high on. I mean, if you listen to all the money each morning, they bash the Jazz probably as much. They bash them for about a whole month now. Um, you know, not a harmonious team, kind of not really together, kind of catching a break here with Doncic's uh, banged up and that they can probably sneak by here. So they're going to get basically a pass for first two rounds. They're not going to be beat up. This is a team that got a little beat up in the playoffs last year. And obviously when Paul got injured um, in the conference championship. So they're going to be looking pretty good. I'm very curious too about an upset, and it's just because Memphis is so new to this. I know they got into the plan last year, but they really haven't been in this position as a two seed before. If they have to play against like the Clippers uh, in the first round, I have a feeling they're going to get put to the test a little bit there. They're the better team, but they're going against a veteran team like that. They could get a little tested just because they just don't really have the playoff legs at this point. See, I'd go oppo on you there. Uh, I actually really like this Memphis squad. I think any team that puts up the record they did without jaw. Yeah, they might, they may struggle in some close games there, but man, that, that to me is they're reminiscent of the old Pistons squad that won without the superstar except jaw. But, but for some crazy reason, when he's in there, they're not as good defensively and they actually lose more, which I don't understand. I guess he really needs to work on a little something in the off season, maybe a little defense, but I really, I think if any team pulls an upset of Phoenix in the West, I actually think it's going to be Memphis, but I don't see it happening. So you, you think Memphis is going to cruise that first round? I just, I worry about when you only have one great player, I think you're a little vulnerable, especially in the playoffs. I think regular season, their depth wins out because they have a better rotation every night because they are a deep team. But when you get the playoffs or the bench is shorten a little, the minutes, you know, you are on your star guys. I just that's the only thing I would question. But that it's not like the Clippers are loaded. They're not getting Kawhi back. It's Paul George. And I mean, you really want to put your money on Paul George in the playoffs. I think this is more of a situation. I think they're gonna get tested. I do think they'll get through, but I think that series could go longer than people might expect. I'd agree. I don't think they cruise. I I don't want to seem like I'm saying they're gonna come out and almost sweep or lose one game, but they have the perfect defender to play George too, and that's Jaron Jackson. So, I mean, he, he is a little bigger. He might be just a tad slow, but he, he was mentioned for defensive player of the year. So they, they have a really good matchup is what I'm, what I'm leaning towards. So. Yeah. I'm excited. This is for me, this is when the season starts, you know, some people, the NHL starts at new year's with the winter classic. Uh, for me, the NBA starts at the playoffs. I really think it's a much better brand of basketball and um, just much more entertaining. It has good pacing with the games. Sometimes Seems like the series drag out, but it's really good about having one or two games a night as opposed to sometimes the NHL throws four or five out there and you're like, you know, there's always one series you lose track of. So I will say for our listeners, though, as a Sixers fan, I am nervous. So I, I, I'm, I just don't I don't like the way Harden's playing. He's basically dropped to a facilitating point forward point guard who's not going he's not driving the lane like he used to he's not converting 
Yeah. He is dishing the ball well, and he's getting Embiid the open looks, but he's supposed to be their number two. Instead, it's Maxi, who's been playing well, but I can't trust him in the playoffs, and it's scary to me. I mean, Embiid's going to have to go for 45 a night. It'll be curious. I mean, he's never been a great playoff performer. Like, usually he's out of gas at this point in the season. Um, maybe he's a little fresher, but he also he might just be a little older. Like, all those miles that he's put on being, like, you know, going one-on-one for, you know, what, seven years has finally caught up to him. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens to the Sixers. That's a big decision, like Will alluded to, that of giving him that contract after you dealt all those assets and what, whether you do it or not, because he's not the player that they, they thought they were getting at this point. So no, I found and the whole thing with the Nets Celtics again being a Celtics fan, I, you know what a turnaround! I think they were eighteen and twenty one, and if you would have jumped on them to win that, you know, uh, division, um, it's fantastic. But the Nets are a scary team. But the thing is, with the Nets, they can't defend. But you know, if you get Simmons back, I mean, who knows when he's coming back? I mean, that's you know, there's rumors that he might come back and play and. But I think that's going to be a tough series for the Celtics. I mean, either way, I think it's going to be really tough. So, But the Nets can't stop anybody. I agree. So if we're looking forward, I found that uh, Celtics-Raptors game, and it was actually Tatum and Brown both sat with a bad knee that night. So we don't know. I don't know if there's ever been anything released if they're both vaccinated, not that I care. Or anything. And they actually were without – uh, Robert Williams that game too and that's their X factor I think if they had him man I think Boston could come out of the east but yeah and that's that's the big thing hopefully they can get some wins and and extend this and get him back because Matt you've been on him with props all year yeah he, he's a fantastic player really helps that team out they really need him I think if they're gonna really go far in the eastern conference or when in you know I think they're they're a team that could win the NBA championship I think there's no doubt they they have enough talent on that team all right boys let's coast into the home stretch here Smitty I know you had a couple of golf tidbits you might want to drop on the upcoming tournament and you had a fun fact we'll let you take the floor here oh well let me just throw Q Q got called into work and Q's our college baseball expert. I was just, and didn't have time. I forgot to look it up. And I always like to give credit to these people that post this on Twitter. I don't like trying to say I, I found this or did anything, but someone did post, post this on Twitter, just college baseball. And I was going to kind of throw it in there with Q a little bit. They, they had a question, who's going who's gonna to lose their streak? which I think is pretty remarkable with the first team we're going to throw out. Tennessee, Tennessee's won 23 games in a row, they posted. Now, again, I have not, Q's our college baseball expert. I, I dive into it. I'm going to dive into it more because we're going to get close to than the College World Series. But 23 wins in the SEC is very impressive. Man, does that team mash the baseball? That team scores runs. I talked to Q earlier today and we talked a little bit about it. And he said, it's just crazy right now. Like you had Florida, you know, he's a Florida Gators fan. They went in and Georgia took care of business against them. And then they went into Arkansas and Florida came back and took two out of three against Arkansas college baseball right now. Just great competition, but here's a team. Can you please get a win here? Iona university of Iona. They've lost 33 games in a row. This site said not good. I mean, can we get Rick Pitino down there and coach for a game or something? Like, what's going on there? Iona, they play St. Peter's Thursday. I can't wait. Thursday is like my biggest thing right now. I'm going to keep an eye on this. I want Iona to win a college baseball game. 
looking at some of their scores, goodness gracious, are they giving up some runs right now? Good luck, Iona. 33 games in a row. Please get a win. I'm pulling for you. I just wanted to bring that on the show. So everybody, keep Iona in your thoughts and good luck. Yeah, I'll jump in real quick on college baseball. Man, is Tennessee just pummeling people right now. And I really like them in our preseason show. I like them, Virginia and North Carolina State. But man, right now, holy cow, Tennessee looks unbelievable. And they have those two two fireballers on the mound. So, wow, that is a squad to look out for come uh, College uh, World Series. So let's move in. We got the RBC Heritage down in Hilton Head. I know, again, Jason's jumping in here with a little bit of golf. Maddie is, I'd say Maddie's the expert in golf a little bit. I'm coming. I'm trying to get with Matt. This is my first year. I said this last week. My first year, I've really dove into this. We have some really good um, sources that we communicate with and get great information. Matt, I'll tell you right now, and well, both of you, I'm I'm kind of impressed with this card. With the I I dove into it today. I thought, in a way, you know, after the Masters, you come back the next week. I thought some of these guys would not be playing, but this is not bad. It's not a bad name. You know, you got Lowry, JT, you got Smith. Morikawa, Neiman, Fitzpatrick, DJ, uh, Kevin Na, um, M, Connors is in this, Burgers in this. A lot of big names here. You know, what I saw on some sites today, you know, the greens are tiny, could be a fast greens. I read an article today. They said they you really need to be very good with the approach game in this. Our friend Wes Reynolds that was on last week with us, breaking down the Masters, his his podcast, The Long Shots with Brady, um, is going to be probably on, probably released tonight, I hope, because I'm going to really dive into that and listen to what those guys have to say. And we have some other really good people that we listen to. But one stat, guys, I just want to throw out, I read today, Kevin Na, five times in the top 10 here in 15 career starts. So keep an eye on Kevin Na. I know Maddie had him in our player draft. I know I came out, I think, ahead of the game there a little bit, got fourth. I think overall in that, Maddie, how'd you break? Just Kevin Na? Oh. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. So draft, uh, Brooks Kepka, miscut. Uh, who's next for me? Oh, Bryson DeChambeau, outscored by Larry Mize, missed cut. Next up on the list, Abraham Answer, missed cut. Fourth and final pick, Kevin Na, the only one to get me a little bit of money. Not happy about the Masters, but my bets actually turned out okay. Now, looking at this tournament going forward, Smitty, um, I, I haven't looked yet, but I think something we're going to have to dig into behind the scenes is, is there a Masters hangover for these guys? Who comes in and actually plays well maybe in the past three years? Have they missed the cut for guys who played all weekend? I mean, that's a grueling tournament down there, especially with this weather that they had. They might be a little, little lazy, a little tired. Um, and the other thing is... I don't know about the weather yet. I actually think it looks really good down in Hilton Head. So I think it's going to be a typical uh, spring weather down there. So I don't think we'll have to worry about any winds like we did with the Masters. But there's just two things to think about there. Oh, and uh, a guy I do love. He's, he's my new, it's just a matter of time before he wins. It's Mito Pereira. He's the young kid. I believe he's Chilean, maybe. I'm not sure. 
He's he's due to win anytime. He's kind of like Joaquin Neiman. He's going to win soon. It's just when, and I'm probably just going to keep putting a small pizza money ticket on him all the time until he actually cashes it. I know. I want, I want to hear Jason. I'd like to hear Jason's update on his team too, but two names, two guys that did not play uh, Jason's laughing. So maybe he didn't do well. I'm not sure. I looked at it today and Hey, and I, I, let me, I'm going to squirrel now. I'm going hundred miles an hour, but I'll tell you real quick on our draft. I looked like I was going to be zero and four with the cut too, Matt. Luckily Lowry got his stuff together and so did JT. So I got a third and eighth. So it worked out, but that's the crazy thing about golf. But two names really quick, guys, that did not qualify for the Masters. Ricky Fowler comes back. I'm not saying I'm on him or anything. Matt Kuchar, though, I like him. Played really well the tournament before the Masters. Trying to qualify for the Masters did not make it, but he's at this tournament, too. Jason, what's your thoughts on this tournament, and how did your team do in the draft? Well, I... In my draft, I had DJ as my first round pick, and I, he was kind of, you know, it's funny. My team was like the opposite of what you were saying. I was actually thinking I was in pretty good position on Friday. Now, I lost Paul Casey, my second round pick, with a withdrawal of the back injury. That's on me a little bit. I thought he was being conservative in the match play when he pulled himself out. He apparently was not. Um, so I had Siwoo Kim as my third rounder and Cam Champ as my fourth. So these guys were all on the like top of the leaderboard on Friday, I was like, okay, you know, we got a chance. I don't know if we're going to be able to, you know, get to the top, but we're going to have three good scores here, set myself up for the next three majors. And uh, I think they all just really stunk the weekend. <laughs> like, uh, especially on Sunday, I really expected DJ to make a move. Um, and just looked like he could not get the putter going. I saw him play on the first couple of holes, had a birdie putt at two, couldn't get it there. It just seemed like that was always the case for him. He was just always burning edges on his putts. And uh didn't really get anywhere. Kim played probably the best of the three. Cam Champ, I'll tell you what, it is hilarious. When he was playing with Finau, two guys are really bombed the ball. Cam Champ looks like the perfect swing. When you see that ball flight, it just pierces. It's, you know, it's, it's on that, that slow rise and it just drops. Tony Finau looks kind of like a weekend hacker at times. Like, I don't know what his swing coach is doing, but there's things that I do in my swing that he's doing. It just that somehow he compensates for it with his, with his hands. But, um, really think he needs to get that squared away or he's not going to do anything. I mean, I know he plays in Augusta well, but um, you just see stuff that he's like his body position, even the commenters are in, like even uh, adding things to comments on it because it just didn't look right. Look, like I said, it looked, it didn't look like a pro, especially as big as a guy as he is. He could, could hit the ball probably 400 yards. I mean, the Shambo wishes he could hit the ball as far as uh, Finau probably should, but um, you know, this course with Harbor town, this is a nice course. Like you mentioned, this is kind of a, a star-studded field for this. A lot of guys usually take off this week after the Masters and kind of, you know, get the prep for, I guess, the PGA is right around the corner, really. Um, you look at the past five winners here. Stuart Sink last year, who had just an incredible four days. Uh, Webb Simpson, who's a good player. He had a pretty good Masters, actually. He was kind of always around, didn't really get too deep into the uh, – too high, but was never really too far down. DT Pan, who's just a grinder. Uh, Sotoashi Kodara, who I am not familiar with his game. I'm sure he's excellent. Um, and Wesley Bryan is another grinder guy. So this is not a, you know, you don't see any star names there. Um, it's a tight course, small greens, you know, the guys who like to bomb it and figure it out really don't play well here because you can really cut yourself off the way it's tree line fairways. You can give, you can hit a ball 300 yards and have literally no shot at the green because you're blocked by trees or whatever. So short straight hitters, guys docking on the green, give themselves, cause you're always going to have a short putt. Cause it really isn't, like I said, I think it's the smallest square footage for greens about the entire tour. Um, 
So that's what you're looking for this week. You're looking for the guys like, you know, what we used to think the U.S. Open was a long time ago. Um, and, you know, this field, more cows always going to be in, in, in the field because he hits the ball so pure with the irons. Um, you know, he had a, he, he came in Sunday. He played – probably the only guy played better than him was Rory. Um, you know, but I do think, like you said, there's a bit of a hangover. Those guys were all amped up last week. So I still think you look for that next tier of player who probably had the week off with the Masters. Um, to come in and play well. I still haven't kind of figured that out, but things I'm focusing on are basically, are you hitting fairways and are you hitting greens? Because I think that'll give you the best shot to win. So for our listeners, these guys love to push my buttons on betting golfers because there's, I have a select few guys that I just despise. And Tony Finau is now officially one of them. I will, <laughs> I will never pick him or put money on him. I don't care if he's got a three-stroke lead going into 18 <laughs> on the final round. Matt Kuchar is another one. Smitty's already pressing my buttons here. And I can, and I, I, I have a top five, and it goes Finau, Kuchar, DeChambeau, Billy Horschel, and number one is still Ian Poulter, who I might fight to this day. <laughs> you can't think Finau. He's oh. a good dude. Like, you know, the other guys, I'll tell you what, DeChambeau is off my board on any Masters pool going forward. That course yep. tortures him. I really think there's a thing with his the way he swings and how kind of the way. The, he can't figure out the ball position with the various lies you deal with at Augusta. Now we're all from Pennsylvania. We, we're used to hilly lies, hanging lies, or just standard par for the course up here. So maybe Bryson just needs to come up and play Western PA for a summer to kind of figure it all out because yeah. you know, we deal with that a shot by a shot basis, but you really saw him struggle the last two years with that where, you know, he had a, we talked about on the text. I mean, he had a really normal like nine iron on 18 in and the ball is a little bit above his feet, and he hit that thing dead right. There's not a prone world that hits that ball right. It's always a draw or a hook left, and it just shows you that he was taking the ball early. The club face wasn't square. I don't know how he figures that out. Yeah, I just it probably doesn't matter because they don't play too many courses that are that hilly on tour, and most of them are basically pool tables week to week. But boy, it's amazing how bad he struggles there. Of course, you would think it was set up well with his length and everything else. I'll tell you, you know, we've had Pamela Modernato on the show, and she does great golf information too. She really broke him down. I think she faded him last weekend and just, she broke down all the injuries. I think it's time the guy shuts it down for a little bit and just tries to get healthy because then she's breaking it down. Like his mentally, he's not there. Well, if you're mentally not there and then you have all these physical injuries it, it adds up quick. Yeah, he's a mess right now. I would not play him. And I think the Beeson guys did a great job with Rory, too, because, Matt, I'm going to go with – I've taken Rory so many times in our draft, and he just never does anything for me. And they made fun, and they said, isn't it just how he's never really in contention Then like, the last day he catches fire or one of these days he catches fire and gets right back in. And then he gets, like, second place or third place or whatever he did in the Masters. And I know that helped Denny out because I think Denny had him in our draft and uh, Denny jumped ahead of me in that. But it's amazing how I just I can't take him because I just can't take him seriously. Yeah, J. Cam loves loves to do the, the get on the Rory train there on uh, day four. I was looking for good numbers for him on Sunday. And they were not out there because all the books are smart enough to know that everybody knew it was going to happen. And it was I don't know if everybody expected 64, but they expected that come out of nowhere to. So that when you look at it next year, you're like, oh, he finished fifth. I can't, I don't remember him being in the hunt. And then you look at his scores and you realize, oh, he really wasn't. He just blew up on Sunday because he's just shooting the pins. And, you know, in Augusta, you can do that on Sunday. Uh, back to the jambo. 
I think he needs to slim down. I think this is a lot like Tiger where he yeah. got too big for his body. You know, 6'1", 240, there's a lot of guys running around on Sundays at that size. There's not a lot of golfers running around at that size. It's a flexibility sport. You know, you can wreck your back pretty easily if you're carrying all that weight. And you know carrying all that weight week after week on those walks, it just like I said, your knees are going to hurt. You're, you're going to lose the joint, big joint injuries. And that seems what he's dealing with. And maybe it's time to kind of just – Take it back down, you know, get like, a little comfortable, two, 200, 215 maybe. Well, you can do all Will, the same Will, Will Z should be the best golfer on the planet then. Well, yeah, <laughs> he might be in another year. If he could play, oh, yeah, he would love, be. love the guy. Love the guy. <laughs> so it's a great point, Jake, and because uh, you brought up the whole Tiger thing, I think Kepka did the same thing when he beefed up. Now he's kind of slimming back down, getting his game back in the form. Yeah, he has to. I even had an argument with a different friend offline about DeChambeau and his numbers pre-beefing up in 2019 are better than anything that he's done since. I I mean, it's in the pudding. Yeah, we know you want to hit the ball far and it does work occasionally, but I think the courses are now catering to no way. We're not letting you pummel this anymore and dropping bombs on us. We'll throw another bunker out there, move a tee box back, bring a tree into play. Yeah. I think his games, I think he's got, he's got to revert to where he was. Plus, when you do that, when you do that bomb strategy, whenever you get off a number, especially these guys, you always hear them on Sundays talking about what do I have to hit to get to my number? Because they want that exact number to match that iron so that they just take their swing and they don't think about it. When you start shooting in between shots all the time, yeah, you can get hot and you can hit a lot of stuff. But there's also going to be times where you're just not you're going to hit it just not as good as you think you are. You're just going to misjudge your distance and you're not going to give yourself a birdie putt. Like you can't live off of your dis off your yardages, and he, with the way he plays, sometimes I think he gets off of his yardages, and, and no player is that good that they can hit in between shots all the time and play well. All right, boys, I have nothing else on the table or the docket. You guys have anything else you want to drop? No, the only thing really fast: USFL starts Saturday. <laughs> oh, you know, you know, the teaser king is going to be on that. Going to dive in a little bit and try to see and try to get a winner out to somebody uh, this weekend. But no, I'm excited. I think we can honestly say that you may be one of the best betters for irrelevant spring football leagues that I've ever seen. I think <laughs> you did you did well in the XFL, but like you did well in that was the AAFL. Like you were like killing it. You were the guy out there. People were actually following you because of your XFL. Well, I will thing. say this, and I'm not one of these guys that's trying to tap my shoulder here like a little Barry Horowitz I'm going to do a little pro wrestling there if you yeah we knew it was coming (laughs) but I had a friend from my hometown and good guy really good guy he was one of the winners of the Jick Jack Johnson golf um congrats congrats to him I think yeah he uh called Scotty Scheffler there so uh glad he won that but he um I think him and another guy from my hometown I think wrote me and said, you going to be, you guys going to be covering this and gambling it. I'm like, it's the boys from the notebook, man. Of course, we're going to be doing it. Of course, we're going to give it out. Now I'm going to throw it out. It's, it's been good. I really like these legs. I really, it's like minor league. I love it. I'll dive into it. I'll read a lot of articles. There's a lot of people out there that are a lot more um, understandable of all the great info and more knowledgeable than I am. And I'm just going to try to take as much as I can and go with it and see where the trends are and where the numbers are. And I'll give them out. I, I am fascinated by the automatic spotting of the football with the chip yes. in the football that people have been talking about forever. They're actually going to do it. And I think that's something, you know, people will knock these spring football leagues. We have a friend, Ken, who doesn't like them. 
I like them. I think you see good players. I think you've seen that the NFL has picked guys out of these leagues and actually supplemented the rosters. They're not starters, but, you know, a couple of quarterbacks have made it through. But a lot of the good rule changes we've seen uh, in football have come from these spring football leagues where they actually get to see someone test it out and see whether it works or not. I think the, the, the spotting of the football is going to be a huge one for the NFL, and I think they yeah. will go to it once they see it in practice. I love it. These guys are playing hard. They're trying to make they're trying to make an NFL roster. Good for these guys, and I, I think the league's going to be successful. And then you got the XFL coming in next year with the Rock uh, taking over that. So hopefully that's successful, and we'll see where it goes. And like Jason just said, I think they're they're experimenting with some some of the you know the roles and and things in it. So good luck, and I I think it's going to be fun, and it's something else to keep an eye on, and we can gamble. So why not? Yep. Great point. Uh, we'll wrap it up there. And just for our future reference here, we got the NFL draft coming up too. We're going to start prepping for and digging into. It's a great betting tool. Great, great time. We'll see what we can do this year. We're probably going to try to get together, maybe have a little boys night down at the casino and watch the live action. It's in Vegas. So it's going to be a great time. And uh, if you guys want, check us out at Notebook Wagering. Love to hear from you. Hit us up anytime on Twitter. And that's going to be it. Bang your bookies, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.